great business in real estate, sold that at about three and a half million bucks in deals there. Now doing a combination of group coaching plus incentive based help inside of folks launches and marketing funnels. This is episode 725. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Heather Marie. They're doing 500 grand per month. And she says the key is minimizing expenses. But first, here's today's episode. This is the top where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Charlie Goddard. He's the best-selling author of the Predictable Profits Playbook. He's a keynote speaker and creator of the Predictable Profits Methodology, the most reliable way to systematically generate predictable profits for small business. He's been an entrepreneur since the age of four, creating his first multi-million dollar business at 20 and has helped others generate millions with his strategies. He's received a lot of awards and recognitions and has given business advice around the world, including in Inc., Forbes, and Fox Business, as well as on podcasts and radio. He was named one of Amer- one of the American Genius's top 50 industry influencers. Additionally, you don't want to mess with him. He's a CrossFitter, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighter, and three-time wrestling state champion. He lives with his, in his New Hampshire home with his beautiful wife, three adorable kidpreneurs, and one badass dog charlie are you ready to take us to the top <laughs> you got it my man you got am it. am i hired was that a good intro or what i you know i am i'm honored man i'm honored that was that was great so we had you back on in episode 343 and we talked about really how you generated fairly quick revenues in your real estate business to just quickly tease that episode just tell me real quick what's the size of that business in 2016 just real estate top line revenue for you well i'm no longer in real estate at the moment so what did right you grow now, into before you got out of it? Right. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we, uh, I, so I got out of that business actually back in 2006 thereabouts. And I created a number of different companies, uh, proprietary stock trading company. Uh, Charlie, I just want, I just want to tease that last episode for people looking at getting in real estate. What did you grow your real estate company to before you got out of it? Uh, probably about three, three, four million, something like that. And how many units managed and owned? We did 30, uh, build two homes and 30 homes, uh, build two roads and 30 homes, two roads and 30 homes, two roads. Right. So we built neighborhoods, uh, roads, the whole deal. Got it. All right. Good stuff. That's episode 343. Today, what we want to focus on is how you, uh, through your consulting work, are helping other folks grow their top line businesses. So the obvious question I always have, Charlie, with folks like you is like, you've made money in real estate. You've had success. Why go consult and help other people? Why not just get in and do it yourself and start your own new business? You know, the thing with the real estate development business was that, uh, you know, for me, it takes a, I just wasn't having fun. You know, and, and that's why I kind of wanted to get into something a little different. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since the age of four. And so I've been always growing businesses and various different businesses. And it just sort of came to me where uh, somebody came over to me and offered to pay me to help them grow their business. And so I realized, huh, you know, this is something I've been doing all my life. I could probably actually make a business out of it. And so what, that's, what do that's they pay what, you? At the time, it was $500 an hour. And what, and what year was this? Uh, 2009. 
Okay, so 2009, 500 bucks an hour. How did you get comfortable on that number, by the way? It makes me sick thinking about selling any amount of my time for any amount of money. Uh, just like the idea of a call every Tuesday at 3 p.m. just makes me sick inside. How'd you get around that? Well, I actually, I, uh, I wasn't planning on it, so that's why I accepted the $500 an hour. But eventually what ended up happening was that I went from $500 an hour, and when I looked at the upside and profits that I was bringing other businesses, I changed my model eventually from, I was at $5,000 an hour, then I went to $2,000 an hour, then I went to $2,500 an hour, and I'm like, you know what? The problem is, is when I design a strategy that actually works really, really well, the, there's a they value don't need you. There's, there's a value imbalance. So they could spend $25,000 with me and end up making 1.1 million, which has happened, not paying 25,000. I actually changed my model in, the, in that case. So I became an intellectual capitalist. And so I would design a strategy and take a percentage of the upside in profits. And so that's what I had done for a long time. And um, I actually ended up getting paid a lot more as a result. So as opposed to being Charging by the hour and feeling like I was a salesman, I took a percentage of the increase in profits, and one client alone, just through that model, ended up paying me over a million and a half dollars. So if we look back at fiscal year 2016, how much money did you make off hourly consulting versus the incentive structure kind of relationships you agreed where you got paid off, you know, top-line revenue increases? Uh, well, in early, in 2016? Yeah, last year. Uh, 2016 on a percentage basis, I would say actually 90% of my income was performance based, um, back in 2016. And then, uh, the rest of it was more, uh, court group coaching type stuff, yeah. which actually funny as it may be, that's what we're talking about where the largest percentage of my income was. In 2017, we're going for a more scalable model. So 2017, we're looking to expand more of the um, our group coaching type models because it's more scalable. It requires less of me. But why not just apply? Why not apply this intellectual capital you have though, just at bigger companies where the top line increases they're going to get from your new system are going to be 10x, right? Why why not do that instead of expanding your group coaching program? If it was all because of the money, then you would be right. But I look at a business and say, you know what? If the business is going to be too dependent on me. Um, that's, that's not good for the long term either. So I'm building a business that is not as dependent on me and, uh, and more scalable. Now, coaching is pretty dependent on you though. Well, it is, except I can train cause I can build systems around my coaching models. I can package my it into videos and training modules and so forth. And I can bring in other experts to, let's say on one week, we're going to conquer, you know, Facebook marketing. You know, I can bring in an expert on Facebook marketing and discuss Facebook marketing as opposed to me who actually with the intellectual capital, I have to design everything and create all the strategies and write all the emails and write all the campaigns and everything else. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So tell me, so, can you give an example of, of, I understand the group coaching model, tell me the other side of the model. Is there, is there a customer you can talk about, about what you did for them? Well, I'll tell you that, um, one of my clients, uh, he, this, this is, uh, well, I'll tell you the two most recent examples. So last week, we have a, a client in the financial space, and we created four emails in the in a financial space for a 12-hour promotion, and the four emails made $212,000. 
which was this is a company that is just a um, you know it's a, it's a small business company, right? So you know they do uh, just you know mid seven figures a year. So two hundred twelve thousand dollars in twelve years and twelve uh, twelve hours is pretty impressive. But you know that's in the financial space. Uh, a couple weeks before that, we worked with a company who was uh, selling to lawyers. We did a very similar thing, ran a promotion, four different emails, and they brought in another $200,000. Just typically more money than they would see in several different months combined. And you're getting a cut of the top line revenue just from writing these email sequences. Well, in one of the cases I did, in the most recent case with the financial services I did, with the other case, they they actually committed to paying me by the hour. Mm -hmm. And so in that case, you know, on occasion, I will accept clients if it's the right client. But, you know, I will take that client on and um, I helped him uh, coach him through that. And he did really well. So, like, if I brought you on to do, like, a launch that I was doing and I had already done the, you know, decade plus of work it took to build my email list to, you know, what it is now, which is, you know, a quarter of a million people, right? Uh, and I bring you in to write yeah. this email sequence. I would have a really hard time paying you a percentage of the like upside on the launch because I don't know what it would do if, if I just wrote the emails myself. So how do you, how do yep. you know what, how do you decide what a baseline is that would happen without you, regardless of what you did versus what you actually drove as upside? Well, uh, that really is going to become up to you, right? I mean, uh, the, the people who want to work with me, they've usually, when they come at the performance level, they've been, uh, people have come highly recommended. Right. Or I've come highly recommended to them. Mm. And then they realize, I mean, when you put together, say, a launch, just because you mentioned it, right? I mean, the the right way to do a launch is going to require roughly about 86 different pieces of communication because you don't send the same email to the same group. You segment the different lists and you and then you're, you know, bringing in joint venture partners and so forth. And there's different uh, video elements that go into it. So when people look at it and they go, Holy cow. I mean, for me to do this, we're probably talking, you know, months of work and I don't have the expertise, but, you know, because I've done this as much as I've, if I, as I've done this, it'll take me less time. And then, you know, I'll also, because it is a lot of work, I'll bring in outside expertise and I'll say, all right, I've got a team around me so we can bang this out and get it done. And But Charlie, you understand what I'm saying, right? Like, how do you isolate? By the way, this can work the other way. Like, let's say AWS crashes mid-launch and it it does, like, no revenue and you get paid nothing. It was incentive-based. That's not your fault. Or, like, the thing is, is, like, you... How do you isolate the variable on this as just being you in the launch so you know what you should get paid when there are so many other variables that go into a launch working or not? Well, when we go into a marketing promotion, we control the entire promotion, right? No, but you can't control the entire promotion. Like, what if someone agrees to email blast for you a million people and they decide to pull out at the last minute or AWS crashes or like there are things that happen that are out of your control? That, then, you know, that's, I sit on the same side of the table with you, right? So if I create this stuff and your website goes down, then we're like, that hurts us both. So we try to figure out our next best course of action to make things right. And I'll be, you know, look, there's been times when websites have gone down, right? When we're in the middle of launch, every single time something happens, something is bound to happen, right? Merchant account will see too many orders coming in all at the same time. So the merchant account will stop yep. uh, accepting orders. So you, you try to have contingency p- plans as, as best as possible. 
Um, but this like, gets it, back to charge of my question is like trying to understand why you're going the group coaching route. This is why it's very difficult to build an incentive based structure around a launch when you don't control the variables. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it is, it's tough to do that. I mean, again, we've made most of our money through the incentive based stuff, but it, it also requires so much more of my time and effort. And mm-hmm. uh, look, I tell you like all the great stuff, right? We've, we've made this, we've done this, we've made a killing and yeehaw. All right. But you know, just recently uh, I was talking to one of my team members and we figure we lost about $75,000 in another incentivized project that I brought on that I thought was going to knock the ball out of the park. So I invested my own money into it. And unfortunately it just didn't work out. So that's sort of when you're an intellectual capitalist, like a venture capitalist, sometimes things really work out well and you can celebrate other times. Unfortunately, they don't work out. So there's risk and reward there, right? Yeah, I I understand there's risk and reward. Again, I'm beating this point to the ground. But like what I'm trying to say is if you're going to put together an incentive based plan, you have to clearly isolate the variables. So, you know, when you get rewarded, like a salesperson commission structure, right? That's a great example. It's it's very clear. The system works. There's data on past salespeople and their ramp up time and their quotas and what percentage should hit and what should miss and blah, blah, blah. That same data for like funnel like launches and creating funnels and email sequences doesn't necessarily exist. So I guess that's, that's why I'm struggling wrapping my head around, around that. I mean, it sounds like it's, it's very, it's a very risky model to bet everything on. And that's why you're going to group coaching. Well, there's data that does exist, right? So if we're going to use Infusionsoft as an example, where most of my clients that just seems to be the platform that they're using, right? Infusionsoft. Any emails that we send out, we're being, we're building tracking into the emails so we can tie the revenue specifically to the email. Every order page that we send somebody to, we're bringing in tracking specific to the order page so that we know that the orders that we're sending people to a specific order page, that's an order page that I built. And I can get credit for every sale that we build on that. Well, yeah, but like, let's say Infusionsoft changed something on their back end where their deliverability increased 5%, right? They're not going to tell you that they made that change on the back end. And all of a sudden, you're this launch did 5% better than the last one. And so based on what you just told me, that would credit to you when it had nothing to do with you. Or I imagine that works the other way, by the way, as well. Like you do things that people don't even realize you do that drives revenue. So like my point, I don't want to beat this in the ground anymore, but like it's hard to predict. And this is why you're going at the beginning of the interview. I'm thinking, why is a guy like this who's been in real estate and taking incentive-based stuff going into group coaching? This is why. I mean, this is it. It's hard to predict. Well, there's definitely, look, my company name is Predictable Profits, right? And it's hard to have predictable profits when you're running uh, promotions for other people that there isn't as much consistency um, with that. But, uh, you know, look, the the real reason, though, when, when you say that it's too dependent on me, I was sick and I was out for a week and I was in the middle of a promotion and I was out for a week. I mean, literally hanging over the the side of the couch, but because this promotion was going on, I had to suck it up and get behind my desk. Yeah, but how is group coaching any different, right? You have to put on a new webinar every month, right? Whether you bring on a guest or not, whether you're speaking or not, it still requires you to be doing something every month to make it work. Yeah, well, it does. It's not like I can live the life of Riley, right? But I have coaches, uh, you know, some of the, uh, one of the, which uh, you know from the Young Entrepreneurs Council. Who? That, that, Zach Burks. What company is he with? Uh, he's with my company now. Oh, oh, got it. Yeah. So, you know, so I can, tr- so he's been, tr- 
trained under our methodology and whatnot. And he's just been rock star coach delivering incredible amounts of value. So that's, that's fantastic. And that works out well for our group coaching model. So, you know, that is something that I can do. And there are many models out there with group coaching that actually works from a scalable point. Just, I have never, I've never seen group coaching work in a scalable format and, and people will try and convince me it does. But then I ask a simple question, which is, okay, you have, I'm making this up. You have 4,000 people paying you 97 bucks a month for your, for your membership site. Well, what's the churn rate, right? And they tell me something astronomical, like only 30% of the people stay longer than three months. Like that doesn't scale your bucket leaks. Like that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's right. But you know, we're, we're not charging $97, you know, we're, we're charging significantly. Let's more say it's than- ninety-seven grand, and and they only stay three months. Still, at the end of three months, you have to go find new customers. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that is, that is true, right? I mean, you, it's not much different than you know real estate development, right? You sell one house, you got to go out, make sure you you build it, you buy another track of land, or you just don't sell it. You keep renting out the places and have a property manager do it for six percent, and you don't even think about it. Which is true. Yeah, which is true. Charlie, this is fun, man. This is this is the psychology of like why people jump between business models. It's what makes everybody tick. I'm hoping that I'm hitting on some questions that the audience were were thinking. And thank you for being so uh, transparent, guys. I get asked all the time, Nathan. You host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45-day free trial at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. You ready? Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Richard Branson's Losing My Virginity. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, well, I, I'm going to go uh, Richard Branson again. I would say Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? Uh, Infusionsoft. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> Not enough. Uh, six. Okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married, three kids. Wow, and how old are you? 39. 39. Okay, last... <laughs> <laughs> last that's a good thing <laughs> last question take us back 19 years what do you wish your 20 year old self knew uh stay in line pick pick one particular uh, uh one particular business one particular craft that you want to master stay in line why you, know, well, you didn't do that work. you went from real estate to coaching to writing a book you know what uh that's where well right now in my business i'm staying in line these are my roots right i'm growing businesses but before that if you look at my path i mean if i stayed in real estate development 
uh, my real estate development company would be 10 times larger. If I stayed in stock trading when I had that firm, that would be 10 times larger. When I stayed in any one of those businesses that I did well in, you know, I just, I, I did well, then I got bored and I left and I did something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, good. All right, guys, there you have it from Charlie. Again, built a great business in real estate, sold that at about three and a half million bucks in deals there. Now doing a combination of group coaching plus incentive-based help inside of folks' launches and marketing funnels. Charlie, thank you for taking us to the top. Hey, thank you. If you enjoyed Charlie today, go back and listen to Colin yesterday. He runs a recruiting company that you've never heard of doing over $70 million in revenue. 